1: Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens of
2: Welcome to another exciting edition of the WCBA, powered, of course, by Evergy. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us, love us, share us. We truly appreciate you checking us out today. We are excited to have JR Custom Metal Products
0: E. Yes, what an exciting opportunity from for us to hear from some of my favorites, Patty and George. Welcome! Thank you very well, much. Thank
2: you. They're my friends,
0: and they <laughs> and they are Don's friends.
2: <laughs> I got it in.
0: You did. I'm, I'm, I'm excited and happy for you. <laughs> So, uh, this is such a great privilege because I've heard so much about the the business and so much about the two of you being community servants. And um, it's been a few years. Don actually introduced me to you and gave me uh, an opportunity to come tour the facility. And I tell you what, it is absolutely amazing. So, I just really want to stop talking and hear your story. From what I understand and what I recall, your father started the business. Is that correct?
3: That's right. Again, my our father was had worked for many places uh, doing metal fabrication type work. Uh, He immigrated here from Mexico in the mid 50s Mm. and came here. He came here to study and and go to school, but starting a family also he decided to he had to go to work and Mm. he went to work in an industry that that he kind of knew because our grandfather was an engineer on the railroad back in Mexico. And, and because of that, he had a machine shop. So he had learned a lot of things about machining and welding and things like that. But as he came here to the U.S. to study and stuff, he he furthers his studies by going to some of the aerial technical colleges at that time and doing more when it came to layout and welding and things like that. So uh, in 1974, he decided to pull the trigger. He had this ambition that he wanted to have his own business after working for other people. Uh, Everywhere he had worked, he had climbed the ladder and went up the ladder and became supervisors or... Uh, partners with another guy that he helped start a business here. And so he wanted to do it for himself. And One of the things that was told to him that he would probably struggle because of his language barrier, Mm. but that just pushed him that much harder because the skills that he knew when it came to fabricating were pretty superior. And there was some people that gave him a chance. So in 1974, we started in our garage at home uh, with just a few jobs and hand tools and a welder. And uh, Patty can talk a little bit more about some of the opportunities that as he left the business that he was with, some people in the meat packing industry gave him an opportunity to uh, do some custom metal parts for uh, the kill floors that they do when they were processing meat. The, pack, the meat packing industry was pretty big at that time here in, in Wichita. Uh, there was a lot of packing houses here uh, and we could, Actually, name them all off, but they've, a lot of them have since gone or have moved to, to the western Kansas area where the majority of the cattle were coming mm-hmm. from. Um, but, uh, Pat, you would talk a little bit about some of the opportunities he had early on?
4: Yeah, after um, the meat packing industry leaving uh, Wichita and we're headed uh, west, um, he diversified uh, with Wichita being the capital of the world as far as uh, aviation capital. He um, started in by um, marketing his services in the material handling equipment to all the aircraft companies here. So anything from carts to dollies to ergonomic tables, um,
0: Hmm.
4: anodizing frames, L-frame dollies that move the fuselage skins um, so, there was uh, special tooling. Uh, I remember one table, it was called a mushroom table. Oh, wow. And it had these big baffles in the table, and the table would move up and down, and this, this baffle would blow up into a mushroom. Um, <laughs> okay. I really don't remember, George, uh, what all it was used for, but... It,
3: it was used in processing some of the skins and stuff when they do the stretching and stuff, or basically holding them in place because they use what they call stretch formers to do some of the uh forming of the skins that go on the fuselages and stuff but the aviation industry uh gave us a chance to do a lot of you know the the name jr custom uh is part of the reason from that and the name actually stands for jesus raul which is my dad's initials Uh in custom metal products and so uh the that uh most of the stuff we were doing was custom things in the, uh, in, in making out of metal, I should say, you know. So mm-hmm. when you look at one of the other things, when he left the, when the meat packing industry left, he started doing more for the milling industry too, which is grain elevators and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Making exactly. special cyclones and, and hoppers and spouts and stuff, everything to move grain. And although there's, and there's companies here in Wichita that do all the production stuff of, of uh, conveyors, whether it be jet belt conveyors, uh, air handling, uh, pneumatics, there's several companies and he worked right alongside them because although these companies were here doing that, there was always that custom one that didn't fit the Mm -hmm. process where they were doing the off the shelf type stuff. So we did a lot of that type of, but. Growing, the aviation industry opened up opportunities for some of these other things, like Patty was saying, some of the custom tables and carts, and we've done a lot of that and still do. Uh, Since then, most recently, uh, even though there may be one to 2% of our work, and you would think it'd be bigger than that being in the aviation, we're very, very diversified in different products for different companies. But most recently... uh, Spirit put our name up because SpaceX is actually using Spirit for building some of the components that they use for anything in the aerospace industry whether it be a rocket or what Mm -hmm. on some of the skins that are used they have the ability to do what they call stretch forming which makes those skins but once you form something until it's put into the rest of it it has to be held in that position so because of that, they need these special carts that have the shape of the part to be able to transport them back to where they're going, whether they're going to Florida or Texas or California and, you know, anything, any place that SpaceX has facilities that are doing aerospace parts. Wow. And so, you know, uh, the fact that we've been in business here now going on 48 years. Um, Remarkable. We... we uh, have a lot of contacts, a lot of people we've worked with that sometimes the word of mouth carries on. In the case of SpaceX, that's what happens. Spirit, we've been working with them ever since it was Boeing and Cessna and Beach and Learjet, that all of them, you know, people that have worked there know us and stuff. Uh, Oh, and Don. From years of being here <laughs> i
0: mean that's just that's great sorry don i was just oh, gonna go say you know from the garage to yeah. um spacex yeah <laughs> but, you know <laughs> isn't that wild it's very yeah. wild
2: that's pretty yeah. cool
0: and we try to diversify uh
4: we always say that no we don't want to be no more than 25 percent in any one industry correct mm-hmm. so we're in the ag the oil industry uh we do things for um Siemens, and we can kind of talk, you know, if you were to walk into Siemens today, anything that you see that's aluminum that is, uh, whether it be walkways, support equipment, tooling, I mean, it, it's JR. I remember yep. when they came to town mm-hmm. and actually they came to the state and we would go to their presentations and we would hear all of, all the products they were going to need mm-hmm. and i turned around and looked at my brothers and says uh this isn't going to work for us and you know, there's <laughs> just so many people i mean there was like 400 and some people in the room and we thought yeah they and we were very happy to hear later that we were one the sole supplier at that time i remember that day (laughs) of of (laughs) products uh, that we were going to build for them and we have a great relationship with them even though they're they're not here in wichita they're out in hutch Hutch. but they're corporate being in florida and then also in denmark george can share stories of his travels to denmark to um to work with them out in their plants and learn what what the needs were mm. so but yeah be, being diverse in the fact that we don't have our own product basically we're selling a service um, quality delivery and our reputation is critical to the success of our company
2: excellent and while we're talking about your history walk us through your locations you started in your dad started in the garage where did you go from there
4: well, we started in in his garage. Then we moved to Eighteenth and Mosley, okay. and we were in a four thousand square foot facility. And outgrew that, and he built his very first building in nineteen seventy nine. It was ten thousand square feet, and by nineteen ninety five, we had five buildings and uh, thirty five thousand square feet. It was very choppy. Wow. We had an alley that was basically dirt. We had it paved like a year before we moved out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I remember winters and uh, hot summers trying to move product from one building to another for the different processes. So we decided at that time, the family, that we would build a new facility that would encompass all the needs that we had coming up. So we built our building um, at... Uh, West Street and K-42, um, trying to think how many acres we had out there.
3: West Street and K-42, we started off with eight and a half acres okay. that we bought, and then we, we started building on that. And then after that, I mean, here in the last six years, we bought some other acreage across the road where we built our powder coat facility. But it's steps, sometimes little steps, sometimes big steps throughout mm-hmm. the 48 years. So.
2: So, if I remember, is that a cul-de-sac you're on? Yes. Okay. Are y'all changing the name to Jr. Lane or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lane.
4: You know, uh, we've never really thought about that. I could make a call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jr.
3: That's, that's funny. Um, we do encompass the whole end of the cul-de-sac. Yeah, that's circle,
2: yeah. And how many square feet you got
3: out there now? So we've got 130,000 square feet of manufacturing facility, 25,000 square feet of powder coating facility, and then another 10,000 square feet that's offsite that is uh, about a mile to the east of us. That's another small shop where we do uh, specialty type items or offload type work when we have too much that it's a smaller shop. And we have like three and a half acres over there.
2: Excellent now ebony went to southeast so that <laughs> those were big numbers but that totaled 165,000 square feet so you go from a did, was it even a double garage back in the day yeah it was, was, that- was
3: a little double garage <laughs> but it was you know we where we live we grew up uh, over off uh, dallas and everett uh, south west okay. over, mm-hmm. over there close to the and meridian right area. right and uh so the garage was a garage that my dad had built later on that was center block type garage and it was a it was connected to the house so eventually instead of parking cars he we, we were making parts and who's uh, was the gentleman that at me pick sell, that helped that
4: uh, oh, uh, Sam Marcus okay
2: was oh uh, yeah Sam Marcus yes, was yes. Uh,
4: basically my father's mentor really and helped him. Uh, immensely over the years. I remember dad telling stories that Marcus would say, Mr. Marcus would say, "Um, here, here's the keys so you can get into the maintenance shop and just um, go see what they need. And so he would go out there and he would take dimensions during the day and go home at night to uh, fabricate and weld, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it be a table. You know, in the meat packing companies they had boxes, stainless steel boxes mm-hmm. where they keep all their stamps and all their knives okay. specialized, um, or they needed a new kill floor. So he would rip out all the stainless uh, walls and floors and then re refurbish them.
3: We built wow. a lot of freezer doors and things like that. Okay. Because you look at, you think of a packing house in the inside that walk, big walk-in freezers where all the cattle uh, halves are hanging, you know. Mm-hmm. And, right. We built a lot of custom stuff that helped them because everything had to be stainless. Everything had to be yeah, clean. Yeah. It's all, FDA was always in there control and making sure that you don't get any contamination. So the way things were made were very specific. And so, uh, but Sam Marcus really helped my dad have opportunities to, you know, especially from the custom side because they needed so much. Everything, it's just not stuff you can buy off the shelf. Right. Right. And back in them days, also working with stainless, there wasn't the technology and the equipment there is to be able to cut and drill. And and so it was a lot harder to do it. And technique had a lot to do with it.
0: This story is just so amazing because, yeah. you know, you your father came over here as an immigrant and started a business and, you know... St- Started the American dream and then really instilled True. that in, in the family. So can we just how many kids or how many you're adults now, obviously, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> how many of you were there that he said, uh, you know, hey, family, I've started this business and these are the areas I need help in. And uh, Patty, you're going to do this. George, you're going to do this. I mean, like, how did that happen? <laughs> one night we were at the dinner table,
4: and you know, he'd always talk about work at the dinner table and about his business and his dreams. And so one day he looked around the table and he says, You know, I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need engineers. I'm going to need sales. I'm going to need administrators, accountants. Um, and I would like for each one of you to, you know, take it seriously. And wow. so, uh, but we were going to school while we were, while we were working for him. So, mm-hmm. um, my brother Ral and I were up at K State, and we would uh, come home on weekends to help. Go state! And uh, you needed to come home. We <laughs> needed to come home. <laughs> yeah. and our friends would look at us like, "Are you homesick?" <laughs> no, we're not homesick. We're going go we home to go home to help homework. our dad. Wow! Yeah, and. And so we would, we, we would come home on the weekends. I would sit on a you know, type invoices form and I do not like carbon paper. Oh, so I would carne. have three sheets and I'd put the carbon and I'd start typing and of course you make a mistake and you had to correct right. them and it oh, oh, was a God. mess. But uh, while we were at school, then George would help him. You know, he was in high school and he'd help him after school and on weekends. and. Mm-hmm. Of course, we did get to enjoy life and be kids, but at the right. same time, we all had that responsibility to help our folks. And being Hispanic, you know, we spoke Spanish at home every day, mm-hmm. and we spoke English outside the home.
2: Did your dad speak English? My all? dad
4: spoke English, okay. but it was a broken English. Okay. And um, he, had, uh, he had a partner one time in, in a business that they were in, telling him that raul you'll never make it in the business world because your english will always be a barrier and dad said you know with my perseverance my faith my family yeah. we'll just do the best we can and, and he and 165,000
2: square feet he, later, later.
4: <laughs> but he <laughs> never he never gave up and of he, he he definitely was uh, our hero because you look at your parents and the sacrifices that they go through mm-hmm. um, to give you a better life. And uh, and I can say he just didn't give us a better life, but he gave our employees. Those have been with us for many years. Um, we'll tell you stories and they even tear up because he was such a, uh, he was a father image, mm-hmm. a mentor and a friend to and he believed in giving people second chances. Wow. Uh, we work with people coming out of incarceration that are coming out of uh, the um,
3: work release programs. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. And some of them come with skills, some come with no skills, but we give them opportunities to yeah. help better themselves. And then we work with organizations such so second chance yep. uh, to help them. That's beautiful.
2: beautiful. Told you it's gonna be a great story. I mean, that Take us is. a break, I think. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, friends, we've just heard a wonderful beginning of a story, and but we'll be back because we need to hear from our sponsors, but we'll be back to hear more from JR Custom Metal Products. Seeing the world of energy differently means looking forward and innovating now. It's why we've invested in a next gen infrastructure. One capable of providing energy to you more dependably than anything before it. So you can focus on what matters most. Reliable, sustainable, affordable energy that puts you first. That's everything to us. Evergy, the utility company. Welcome back friends. We're here with Patty and George from JR Custom Metal Products and we are hearing a riveting story about how the company began and how it's going. I mean all of the different products that they that they touch because they don't have a specific product, right? You don't have a specific product, but it's your 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 service and your reputation. You mentioned that earlier and it all began with your father and now it's the two of you and then the next generation. So, this is multi-generations, right? Right. And you just got done telling us that you give people a second chance and that's the type of culture that's instilled in your business. Talk to us about your workplace culture.
4: Our workplace culture is very very family-oriented. It's a place where not only is it diverse in the different nationalities, language, it's a place where people are proud to work.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: It's about our heritage, where we come from,
0: mm-hmm.
4: the honesty, our faith. Um, if you go into our <clears throat> into our offices, you'll see crosses, you'll yeah. see saints, mm-hmm. um, and that's not normal in, in business. Now it is very normal in the Hispanic uh, businesses. Yeah. You'll see that, you'll see your faith. And Oriental. I've seen it in the Oriental businesses Mm -hmm. also. But we're there to help one another, um, to grow together, um, coach, you know, train wherever we need it. And when we train, we just don't train a specific group. We try to train as many people as possible. Um, Right now, we're working with WSU. We're training with um, leadership skills. And so we have new leaders, but we also have the existing leaders uh, join in, in the training process. So, um, and I think that the other thing is about communicating, communicating with our employees. Some of the things that we're using today is called Connect Teams. Mm. It's a um, app, and it allows us to post daily, um, anytime during the day, um, about birthdays, anniversaries, what's going on, if we have new uh, customers or potential customers walking through the floor, who mm. they are. Um, wow! Just nice. keeping them informed. We
0: also have a, a newsletter that we produce Ooh. once a month. Will this podcast be in your newsletter with my picture in it? I will do my <laughs> best to make sure we do that.
2: Please do. Please, thank you.
0: And and so they <laughs> can come in and listen
4: to see if we if if we we're all we didn't leave anything out. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it just communication, making them feel a part, that they are part of the family, even though we have a lot of family members, everybody's family, mm-hmm. and we care about everyone and we want to take care of That's all nice. our people.
3: And really, it, like like Patty was saying earlier, but it started with obviously my dad and our family. And today there there is four of us siblings that are co-owners of the company that were active. There's actually five siblings and okay. uh, our youngest sister chose to study in Mexico and and married there and had her family there and stuff. But even she's been a part of the business morely more, more uh, offsite type. But uh, my brother Rao uh, is over engineering. Patty's president CEO. Myself, I'm in sales and marketing, but also do all the facilities and all the expansions and project manager over all of that. But then you have and then my other sister, Maria, is is in accounting and stuff, part of the accounting team. But then and then we have third generation that are pretty involved and won't go through all of them, but there's about eleven of them that oh, are involved wow. as far as great. third generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um some in engineering, some in maintenance, some in operations, some over the powder. Co- I mean, they're kind of throughout, but they've also gone to school to align themselves with those types of jobs. So, but then we have our staff and everything that's also uh, have been with us for a while that have key positions. So if we get hit by the beer truck today, I mean, the business goes on because mm-hmm. there's plenty of people there that that uh can operate and carry on
4: we yes definitely have the talent but george you can't forget george's wife kim she's yeah. head of purchasing and inventory yeah. and then i have a brother-in-law scott Kaler. he is also involved in the business and he's also in marketing and has been very involved in the community um so yeah we, it's, we, it's, we have it takes enough a team <laughs> it takes a team yeah. and we're also real proud to say that um all of our third generation have all completed uh Four-year. What?
0: That is so amazing.
4: (laughs) Four years. And um, some of them have gone to... There's a couple that have gone to technical schools. Mm -hmm. But um, my dad would always say that education was key to the success of the business. And as it continues. Because it's forever changing, especially in technology.
0: Mm -hmm. I I love everything about that. You know, (laughs) that I've always... Um, admired family-owned businesses, and to see, you know, what the succession plan looks like, and what if it's going to continue after the first generation. And it's really, um, you know, I've always admired you and your family, and as a Hispanic family doing great things, and, and like you said, I'm putting your reputation out there, and knowing that you can call on JR Custom Metals and get a fabulous product. Um, that that's that's huge.
2: There's other families that you've teamed up. I mean, you guys started back in 74, but there's other Hispanic families that you've worked with or you've worked aside. Can you share how that alliance is? Yeah,
3: well, back to where we were saying, where Hispanic families, as they're starting off, a lot of times they, you know, they stick together as far as the family. When they're starting a new business, a lot of the family members, whether it be kids or, or brothers and sisters and stuff, tend to work together. and. I mean we I can recall back when we first started and we were at nineteenth and Mosley that we had we had a little shop, we had just built our first building in uh down the road there we had the Cornejo family that were doing not only wow. starting to do concrete work but they did a lot of demolition of buildings and excavating and mm-hmm. and I remember Ron and Marty and Richard and oh. all the brothers <laughs> over there cleaning bricks yep.
0: cleaning you bright. know for
3: their dad Jesse and, and my dad was there and uh. me and my brother were either welding or machining parts and uh, I think even as a young person being out there it's almost like the movie Karate Kid. The kid learns to wax on, wax off, mm-hmm. and he doesn't realize that he's learning the moves. Yeah. Right. And sometimes right. parents put you in a position to learn stuff. and uh, But you see families like that, whether it be a restaurant or mm-hmm. construction or fabrication, that uh, Hispanic families tend to have their family members help. And a lot of times uh, they learn that way. and uh, So that was a uh, that's part of our story and how we all learn the skills and stuff. We've been doing them since we were little, and so we don't know no better.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. That's a beautiful story. And how many employees you got now? You went from zero to what?
3: <laughs> so we have in the range of 100, 140 to 150 employees today.
4: I think to be exact, it's 140. Eight
0: today that's that's
4: with more yeah, to,
3: be <laughs> to be exact. To be
0: exact. They're just like, yeah, that's my life.
3: <laughs> well, and that's why we both came, whether we make sure we come, tell about everybody that's family members and yeah. all employees. All right. It's hard to keep up.
2: Yeah. Well, you've been doing it, and I'll do my northwest math here. Almost 48. No, 48 years. So your anniversary has already happened. Right. What did y'all do?
4: Well, uh, we had a luncheon for both first and second shift. We had uh, Los Compadres come and fix us a Mexican dinner (laughs) for our employees and they all received a um, t-shirt and then we let them go home 48 minutes before Ah, time. I see
0: what you did there. It Uh happened to be
4: on a Friday, so we've felt that they could go out and celebrate if they wanted to.
0: That is, that's pretty That's cool, that's cool,
2: 48 years. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And uh, one last question, I think I'm gonna turn it over to E, but we'll see. Um, What's on the horizon? You guys went from zero square, well, a few square feet to (laughs) 165,000. You went from zero employees to 148, according to Patty. (laughs) What's next?
3: Well, there's a little bit of expansion planned. Um, some of the products and OEMs that we do work for today, uh, where we fabricate parts uh, here, well, it's gonna be six years ago, we, we uh, built our powder coat facility. And so we could paint some of the products that we, that we currently fabricate. The thing was that we were sourcing a lot of our coatings out. and Most of it's all powder coating. And so we decided to go out and build our own because of the amount that we were outsourcing and which opened up a lot of doors. So some of the OEMs that we manufacture parts for today, we actually code as well. So we we call it fab to finish from, from the start.
2: Fab to finish, okay.
3: And so but now they're asking us to do assembly and finish complete finished product. So we're going to add another 12,000 square feet to our powder coat facility to be able to, when the parts get painted, they go right into assembly Mm -hmm. and and eliminates some of the extra handling. Some of the growth with our company has been because we've always worked real hard of staying up with technology. The latest uh, equipment, when it comes to cutting, when it comes to forming, Mm -hmm. welding, uh, we do, uh, we've, Patty, I think, what do we have, 48 welders? 48.
4: We have today, um, what did I say, 40. We have 49 welders and five robots running, two ships. That's Patty, again, with the numbers.
3: She <laughs> so, got the exact. you know, with, <laughs> with today's uh, ability to find employees, skilled employees, um, we have to work closely with uh, trying to figure out ways of of getting product out, whether it be technology in the case of the robots, Mm -hmm. but also working with the technical schools here, whether it be WSU Tech, uh, the the Butlers, the the uh, Hutch JUCOs, Mm -hmm. all the JUCOs and all the technical colleges, working with them and working with the young people that are coming out. Uh, We work real closely with WSU Tech on uh, doing internships with some of their welders. Mm -hmm finding all different ways to be able to recruit people and and not just welders i mean it goes into other machines whether it comes Roblox. to lasers or robotics mm-hmm. and bending and uh, i think uh, the internships have worked so well with many industries like the medical industries for so many years that i think the uh, uh manufacturing needs to do more of that yeah. getting people in because we're all getting older Yep. And somebody has to step in.
4: A- automation is is critical. Automation, okay. Is, is critical. And some of our work centers that we're setting up now, where you have a break um, and the parts are coming in after they come off the lasers and they're going to break and then uh, to the robot that's going to weld the parts. Wow. So it's all in one one work center. A cellular. Right. A cellular manufacturing, I guess you would
0: call it. Do you wow. see that automation that it's going to be increasing over the next few years? Do you see that being... A- if, if,
4: mm-hmm. if manpower doesn't increase, I think for us today, if there's any, any area that we're the only uh, that's holding us back in growth would be people. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. if we could find the people, we could start that third shift. The opportunities are there. And now with with insourcing instead of outsourcing everything, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be critical.
2: Does I think, think oh,
3: go ahead. Excuse me. No, you I think, think pandemic opened up a lot of eyes to uh, when things are uh, outsourced offshore and then now trying to onshore Unsure them, them. Mm-hmm. because of the fact of uh, restarting back up once the pandemic kind of settled down is the shortages of chips, say, mm-hmm. or it, you can almost look at any kind of product that's done outside of this country to make it in this country, you have to be competitive. Mm -hmm. You have to have the resources. Uh, Most recently we had another opportunity is uh, making parts for companies doing the semiconductors. We're making the chips. We have opportunities and people that have come and visit us because they're looking for capacity on manufacturing some of the equipment. So opportunities are out there, uh, especially for us because they're looking to fabricate something. If they're looking to, fabricate this stand for this speaker. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of industry it is, they're metal parts. Yeah. And if you can fabricate it, manufacture it, process it all the way through, you have an opportunity. Technology allows us to be more competitive worldwide because now you have a machine instead of manual labor doing it. Right. So those are things that I mean, you look at ins- inspirational things like Pizza Hut starting here. Mm-hmm. It started as a little deal and mm-hmm. made pizzas and manufactured pizza, all kinds of things that came from that. And, and it's worldwide. And yeah. the same thing could happen here.
2: So you've added, you're going to be adding 12,000 square feet. So for Ebony's benefit, that's 177,000 square feet <laughs> total. So that's, that's awesome. But I want to hit a quick hit on a, what you mentioned. Before the pandemic, did you think you would make that third shift hires, make that third shift happen before the pandemic?
4: No, it's always been an issue. It's always been an issue. Yeah, okay. just finding um, skilled labor. Okay. Um, so we finally realized that um, let's work with the tech schools, let's work with the high schools, let's start them young, and kind of like we we did, you know? Right, right. Didn't have the skill sets, we learned them on the job, and yeah. and that's been a success excellent
3: i, I feel probably. that automation probably helps with that third shift because that's a hard shift for people to hire on to. Yeah. regardless what industry you are mm-hmm. i mean it's it is uh, it's it's always one of the most difficult ones but if you have automations that machines run automatically through through the night you know you have a short window from the end of second shift to the start of first shift mm-hmm. then the opportunity is for automation to help with that any, I, I just have
0: one last question. Um, you know, you've been talking a lot about uh, inspiration and how companies have started here and have uh, grown and you've talked about your father and what he's instilled in you. What's the best advice you've ever received and implemented? Mm. Don't forget where you
4: started from.
0: Mm. Gotta do it. Yeah. Uh,
4: we had a customer that came in one day and he had—he was an electrician, I believe. He had a little small shop and um, he had called and was wanting a part manufactured an electrical box specialized box and the person that answered the phone just told him that we're sorry but we don't do that anymore mm. uh, he didn't do anything but jump in his car and come down and so he called me up to the front and he <laughs> said patricia
2: and he knew no, he'd like no, patting, no.
4: patricia I want to give you some advice. And I said, sure, how can I, you know, any advice is always welcome. And he says, don't ever forget where you came from. Mm -hmm. Don't forget the little people. Mm -hmm. So when you never know, I remember one Saturday, my brother, Rao was working in the office and he had a, and the front door was always locked on the weekends and someone knocked on the door and it was a gentleman that was coming in and he had an airplane park that he wanted. To see if we could, um, I don't remember if we were going to manufacture some or repair some parts for him. And and uh, so Ralph talked to him and he says, well, sir, we don't work on aircraft parts, but it's Saturday and it's your your aircraft. Come on down. Wow. So he went ahead and helped him. Wow. Little did he know that he was head of purchasing at Cessna. And, and the <laughs> next day, and the next week, he got a call from a buyer wanting to purchase, and it became, and opened the doors to an opportunity. Yeah. So you can't, don't ever say never, no. don't mm-hmm. say no. Uh, always find a way. If, if we can't help them, then we find a source that can help them.
0: That's a great story. Thank you for that. Excellent. Thank you.
3: I want to add a little bit to that is keeping it home, keeping it here in Wichita. There are so many companies here that have done well, that have learned, that have helped each other. And I know there's been plenty of companies that have helped us, and we try to do the same thing back. One thing my dad said is, you know what, we started from a little garage at home, (laughs) but if we ever get to the point, make sure and give back to the community. Oh, yeah. And that's one thing that we've always Always. tried to do. And if somebody's starting off and we can do anything to help them, we we will. And so that's one thing. I mean, this is a great community in Wichita Kansas has done a lot for us and continues to do a lot for other people as well.
0: Yeah, thank you for what you do.
2: You bet. No better way to wrap this up. And you've dealt with Ebony long time and
0: it's been the best time of the <laughs> life. <laughs> we're gonna do
2: some word association you can both answer or one answer it doesn't matter but uh give you one word you give me one word back it's not wrong because it's your y'all's word okay are you ready yep. Hi, yeah oh she's ready she 40. said 49 <laughs> leader sam marcus sam marcus okay ben hutton Ben Hutton. Oh, wow. Very nice. Gentle Ben. Yep. Success. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. College? WSU. Thank you. Uh, I guess. (laughs) That's why you came home. (laughs) Their dad knew they needed to get
4: home.
2: (laughs) Y'all been through enough. Failure. What's that? Nice. What's that? (laughs) I like that. Entrepreneur?
3: Jesse Cornejo.
2: Cornejo. Okay. Hero. My dad. Excellent. Nice. Vacation.
3: Mexico. <laughs> Europe.
4: Uh.
2: Europe. Okay. Mexico. Wichita. Home. Wichita
0: Chamber. Partners. Leader. One at a time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: they were. Of the Chamber. What was that again? Uh, mine was leader. Leader. Okay.
2: George. Partners. Partner.
4: Gotcha.
2: Nice. We want to get it all. Family. Everything. Fun.
3: Vacations.
2: Last but not least, and you each need to tell the truth about this
0: <laughs> one. Uh
2: beverage.
3: Bud light.
4: <laughs> 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 and
0: wine. A little wine. <laughs> a little wine. And a
4: wine. Okay.
2: <laughs> you know what? I'm just, my heart is happy.
0: Yes. My friends
2: came in and showed up and showed out. So I love it. <laughs> thank you guys for coming in. Yes. Truly appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us.
3: Thank you. Well, thank appreciate you for having it. us.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, friends, we've come to the end of today's show. If you would, please make certain that you share this information with your circle of influence and share it with someone who you think might find value in this story. Till next time.
1: Peace.